All right, Romans, uh, well, let's do the 1 Kings reading. Chapter 17, verses 16 to 18. And then uh, if you have Romans chapter 1, we'll look at just one verse from there. 1 Kings chapter number 17. Verse 16. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Now, I'm assuming you have some familiarity here. I realize perhaps not everybody will, but most of you will. You know what happened leading up to this point. Uh, and then I want you to see the thing that happened after this. It says, and it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, what have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, uh, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house, and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And verse 24 is important because it helps to make sense of what went before. And the woman said to Elijah, Now... By this, I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. Now, keep that passage, but just find Romans 1. We're going to go back to the 1 Kings. One verse from Romans chapter 1 and uh, verse number 17. It says, Romans 1 verse 17. Keep the 1 Kings passage. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, I want you just to think about that verse from faith to faith. Notice here that the thought is not that we visit faith, uh, but that we go from faith to faith. Uh, And I want you to see that played out in this woman's life. All right, let's go back to the 1 Kings passage. Prior to the reading tonight, we have this woman who was already tested in her faith. Uh, in fact, if you, if you had read the story and really you, you, you could stop at verse number 16. You read the story how that uh, Elijah had come and uh, he'd been told to go to her. And remember that there's a famine in the land. There's no food for anybody. Uh, he meets her in the way. She says she just has a little bit of meal and uh, a little bit of oil, and she's just going to go and cook that little bit of food up for her and her son, and then just die, because that's it. She's at her end. And remember then that uh, Elijah uh, speaks to her, and he says, no doubt, what God had told him to say, and he says, you know, go and do the thing you said, verse 13, but you have to make me a cake first. You, You bring to me first. And then after that, for you and your son, and then he gives her a promise in verse number 14 that God has said that her uh, her cruise of oil 
and her barrel of meal will not fail. It will continue until God sends rain on the earth. So she was facing a uh, substantial test of faith in that first part. She had to make a decision whether she believed God and, and she surrenders the last portion, you might say her all, not only her all, but her son's all. So she surrenders the last little portion of food and she's being tested as to whether she believes the word of God. And the test is, are you going to keep the food for yourself and your son? And, and, and if you're a parent, any time you factor your children into anything, you have a whole new dimension of uh, decision-making. Yeah, a lot of us would be willing to do things ourselves or face certain things ourselves, but we think, please, not my children. You know, uh, I, I would be willing to suffer in this, but please, not my children. Or uh, it's one thing for me to go through this, but please, not my child. And uh, so now she's tested here in the, in the uh, earlier verses as to what she's going to do. Is she going to believe God? Is she going to take the step of faith and say, okay, I believe that the word of God is true? She hasn't seen it at this point. She just has to trust that what God said is true and that after she has surrendered her all in all, she, she'll then find out uh, whether, in fact, what God said is going to come true or not. That's her decision. And we know that she does, in fact, do what the Lord said and she finds out that, God is true to his word and God is always true to his word. It is impossible for God to lie. If God says it in the Bible, you can hang your life on it. And uh, she believes God. And in fact, just like the prophet said, uh, she is sustained miraculously and she's able to eat and her child is able to eat. And apparently a few others were able to eat as well by the, by the uh, rendering of the text. And you would think that it could just end there. You, you could just you could just draw a line under that and say, here was a courageous woman of faith who made a decision of faith, found God to be true, and uh, she's a great example for us. But yet the Romans chapter 1 reading reminds us that the Christian life is not a visitation of faith, but the Christian life is a journey where we in fact have to go from faith to faith. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of would like to go from faith to finish, not from faith to faith. You know, I often think now that I find myself in Thailand, and uh, and once again, my faith is being tested, and once again, I'm having to to visit areas and, and get pressed what seems to be above strength and above measure, and once again, I find myself in weakness, depending on the Lord, and I'm reminded, Lord, I've been through this before. I remember the early days when I pastored Good Shepherd Baptist Church and, and there was less than 30 people there and the church was six months behind in its mortgage payments and, uh, and they said to me, can you come and be our pastor? Or we can give you $300 a week, but we can't guarantee it any more than six months and we can only do that because one church member said that he'd do it. And, uh, and that was the conditions I came on. And I knew that 300 was not enough to pay our rent and to, and to feed us. But I just had a certainty that God had told me to go there. And I wasn't sure what the answer for the mortgage problems was and anything else. And, 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 but I just went on faith and things were tested and I trusted God. And there were times I felt pressed above measure and there were times I felt weak. But God came through again and again and again and God blessed and God was true to his word and, and I got through that. 
And I thought that was done. I thought, well, I, I've learned some things. You know, I, I, I did my apprenticeship of faith. And I, I've been through what you have to go through. And I've learned and I've found God to be faithful. And I've trusted God and we got through that. And now I find again that I'm back in a situation where it's almost like uh, we're back to where we were, but just in a different place. And it's a journey of faith to faith. And you kind of think this little lady's been through enough. She, she, she already is widowed. She's already through a time of famine. She doesn't have welfare or, or, or social security to fall back on. It's just her. It's just her child. She can't even lean on somebody else's prosperity because they're going through famine as well. And she, she has to get through that by faith. And you kind of think what a remarkable lady. She trusted God. She put God first. And it ought to be done, but it wasn't done. God wasn't done with her. It wasn't from faith to finish with her. It was going to be from faith to faith. And the next thing that happens here is that she gets tested again in that her child becomes grievously unwell and uh, she gets, uh, you know, no doubt distressed about that, is nursing the child and he dies. And here it is again. Now, she doesn't know why this has happened. And the whole nature of being tested by faith is you you step into a realm of unknowns. Now, if you ask me about my journey of faith at Good Shepherd Baptist Church, I can tell you the beginning, the middle part, what we went through, the glorious end of how God came through. I can tell you all that because it's over. It's done. I can look back in hindsight and see, uh, oh, okay, this thing happened. I remember, uh, you know, we didn't know what was happening. We didn't know how we'd get through. We wondered what, what answer would come. But this thing happened, and God blessed. And I can tell you the whole story. But when you go through this journey of faith, you find yourself in a place of unknowns. And you, you don't know why your child has died. You, you don't know what's happening. And you can think all kinds of things. And the the problem very often is that when we don't know what is happening, when you go through this, is that you can presume the worst. Or you can mistake the intent of God. You can think that God is out to get you. Or you can think that God is, uh, it must be judging some sin in your life. You know, this was the conclusion that Job's wife quickly jumped to. She, she saw the, the destruction, the loss of family and finances, and uh, she turned to her husband and, and, and just says, you know, why don't you just curse God and die? And, and uh, implied in that statement is that God has abandoned us or God is judging us or the hand of God is heavy against us. You can't win, you're just better off dead. And you can presume bad things. She didn't presume that God was, that Job was a choice servant of God. And he was being tested in a unique way because of his godliness. And that he would triumph and he would come through this even, even better and with more than that he started with. 
But when you go through it, you get into a whole lot of unknowns. And you can presume the worst, and, and people looking on, seeing it, can presume the worst. One of the awful things we do is we judge each other. We see somebody going through something, and we can very quickly make a presumption that what they're going through is because probably of some sin in their life or something they did wrong. Remember that uh, that was what happened in John chapter 9? You recall the story where Jesus passes by and sees a man blind from his birth? And you remember what the disciples asked him? They said, they said, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And they make an immediate presumption that You know, if he has a bad thing happening to him, it must be because of some sin that he's done, because this is, this is the hand of God against him. So it has to be a sin that he did, or perchance it was not his sin, that it had to be a sin that his parents did, because look, the hand of God is against him. He was born blind. And that's a fairly normal way that people look at things, regrettably. But Jesus had to go on and answer and say, neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest. This man is going through what he went through. This man was born blind, not because God is against him, but because God is going to do a special work in his life. And God did do a special work in his life. Now, again, if they had seen the end, they wouldn't have asked what they did in the beginning. If they, if they could see the whole story, like we can see, stand back and see a man born blind, a, a divine appointment with the Savior, uh, a miraculous healing, a tremendous testimony for God, the glory of Jesus is manifested again, When you can see the whole picture, you're not in the realm of the unknown. But the problem is, in the journey of faith to faith, you are in the realm of the unknown when you're going through it. There's questions you have, and you don't have answers. And you don't know what's happening. Now, I want to just say this. Before you make the incorrect assumption that this only happens to special people, let me remind you, she was just a widow. Because sometimes we think this concept of journey of faith to faith is something that happens to pastors or missionaries. It's, it's you know, this unique suffering that can come upon them without explanation is usually something reserved for the elite of God. But clearly, the scripture points out that that is not the case. Because this woman was just an insignificant widow. And she was chosen by God to undergo not not a single uh, testing of faith, but a journey of faith to faith. So if she was chosen for that, why not you? Why, Why could it not be you? This is not, this is, and by the way, not only was the widow tested in the journey of faith to faith, but the prophet was tested as well. They both, they were both in a situation of, I don't know what's happening. 
And I, I wish we'd get a little, just a little bit more comfortable with, I don't know what's happening. You know, people don't like following leaders who say, I don't know what's happening. They'd rather follow a leader who's a liar and makes up something than they would somebody who says, I don't know what's happening. But the truth of it is, there are times when you don't know what's happening. And if you think you know what's happening, you don't know what's happening because God hasn't told you. So how can you answer the question when God hasn't given the answer? And I know we're not comfortable with that. We always want everybody to know everything. You know, we want, we want the missionary to be able to lay out an infallible plan for the next 40 years of his life before we have confidence God truly called him there. And if he says, well, I know this, but I don't know about this, oh, you know, we question that. And I think we just need to accept that in the journey of faith to faith, there's unknowns. You might be going through something now you can't explain. You might be going through something now that, that, that nobody has the answer. You know, you, you might go to the pastor with what you're going through now and he just might have to say, look, I, I just don't know. And he may answer truthfully and correctly. Now, when you go through that thing and that sort of thing starts happening to you and you go through that faith to faith thing and you don't know what's going on, I want you to see what she does here if, you, if you're still in the, the one Kings passage is she makes an assumption about the intent of God. And you can see that in verse number 18. You know, I mean, now we're going to give her some grace here because she's just lost a child. And uh, she's upset. She doesn't know why this has happened. And it's, it's perplexing. You say, well... You know, probably other people back then lost a child too. Well, you're probably right. But not everybody had a prophet come to them who makes remarkable statements about God and then you find yourself living in a house where your oil jar never empties and, you, and, and, and your, your, your flower just keeps appearing. She's got a little bit unusual circumstances. She's, she's, she's seemingly had the favour of God. She has the man of God living with her. And, and now, suddenly, for a reason she can't explain, her child is dead. Now, the reason is that God is taking her from faith, faith one, or maybe not even faith one. Maybe there was more faiths before the one we read about. But the first one we speak of, where she was tested to hand over her food to the prophet first, that was a journey, that was a time of faith where she was tested to believe in the word of God. And you're going to be tested to believe in the word of God too. The word of God works its most blessings on those who believe it and then act as if what it said is true. Versus those who sit back and say, show me and then I'll do it. There's a difference between believing God and making a decision that will have consequences on your life one way or the other, but making a decision based on your faith that you believe God, there's a difference in that than just kind of the people who who won't make any decision or take any risk 
And faith involves risk. If you never take any risk, you don't receive the blessing. But she took a risk. She, she, she acted courageously and with remarkable faith. But now God is not going to leave her alone. She's just a widow, but he's not going to leave her alone. He's going to take her now through a second journey of faith. Faith to faith, not faith to finish. And so when this happens to her, she doesn't know what's happening. And she says this in verse number 18. She says to Elijah, she somewhat blames him. And uh, she's a lady. She's distressed. She's emotional. She verbalizes out loud her thoughts. What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? And notice, notice the assumption of intent. Notice what she thinks that God has done. Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and slay my son? Did you, did you just come here from God to judge my sin and kill my son? Is that what this was all about? God, did you just send him here to judge my sin and kill my son? Now, I believe this lady was a godly lady. But everybody does have sin. Here's the curious thing. Good people worry about their sin. Bad people could care less. People who are closest to God are most acutely aware of their sin. But the further you are from God, you don't really think you have that much sin, if any, perhaps a little. But the closer you to God, the more you understand all that sin encompasses. And you understand that today, if I did not love the Lord my God... With all my heart and all my soul and all my mind, I sinned. And you start to understand some things about sin that you become conscious of. And she says, is this about my sin? Is this God judging my sin? Is this why this happened to me? Now, that was not why it was happening to her. But, when you get tested and you don't know what is happening to you, I mean, you know what has happened, but you don't know why is this happening to me. You can think, is this my sin? Let, let me just confess my vulnerabilities. I've had my moments where I find myself sitting in the darkness of Thailand, looking around, at all that's going on, and some days it's not so good. And I've said to myself, how did I get here? Is this my sin? Did I leave my ministry when I was supposed to stay? Am I the one that left his place? Is this my sin? Is my wife going through all these health problems? Is this my sin? Are we having this stuff happen to our house? Is this my sin? 
And you might say, well, I, I never think that. Well, you're probably just not aware of the level of sin you still have. You know, to be honest. If you don't think you have any, that's one there. And I've said, is this my sin? And she says, she says to Elijah, is this about my sin? That you just came here to judge my sin and to kill my son. And I know when you go through things, you can question God that way. Is this, is this because of this? And let me say this. You are misunderstanding the intent of God. God has no joy or delight in hurting his children. None. I have no joy or delight in hurting my children. I love my children. I'm very protective of them. And you are of yours. And you don't enjoy seeing your kids get hurt. And God is a superior father to any of us. And we're his children. And it is not the intent of God to hurt somebody for the sake of hurt. Or may I say this? That would be better worded this way. It is not the intent of God when he allows things to come that hurt us to allow that just to hurt us. He's not that way. He wasn't stalking this widow, watching her sin to send the man of God to kill her son. But you can feel that kind of way sometimes when things just start going wrong. And when you don't have answers to the questions of what is happening in your life. Because when you're in the process of faith to faith, you don't have the answers to those questions. You know, in Lamentations verse 3, it says this, in chapter 3, For he doth not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. He doth not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. And she starts to say, is this, is this because of my sin? Now, the man of God, none less than Elijah himself, is not able to answer. Do you know why? Because he doesn't know what's happening either. The only difference between the man of God and the widow, both of them are going through a journey of faith to faith. The only difference between him and her is that she verbalizes her questioning of God's intent out loud. He goes to the room and then says the same thing. And that's very much what a preacher does. It's not that the preacher doesn't question what's happening sometimes. He just doesn't do it in front of everybody. But when he gets alone, he does do it. And, uh, and this is what happens. So she says it out loud in verse number 18. You know, have you come to bring my sin to remembrance, to bring it all up and slay my son? And then in verse 20, he goes up to his bedroom and he cries unto the Lord, O oh Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the... Uh, the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son. Oh God, are you, are you bringing evil on this woman and killing her? What, what is, what's happening? 
Because they don't know. I'm just going to tell you something about God. You just, you just have to accept it because it's true. He simply does not explain himself all the time. And let me say, God is under no obligation to explain. God is good every time. God is holy. God is righteous. God cannot sin. You know, I, I often pray, Lord, I pray this prayer a lot. And, I, and I'm going give you a window into my private life here. But I pray this prayer, Lord, please do not hand me over to the hands of men because they're not like you. And Lord, they will hurt me to hurt me. But Lord, anything you do to me will be okay because Lord, you're good. And I will receive from your hand anything you do to me. And that's the prayer I pray privately a lot. And I believe that. Now you say, does, what if something bad happened to you? Something bad does, some bad things do happen to me. But if something very bad happened to me, I'll hurt, I'll weep, I won't have answers to all the questions, but as best I know myself, as transparent as I can be about my own heart, I will say, God is still good. And everything he does is good. And I don't understand, but he owes me no explanation. Whatever God does to me is good and right and just and perfect. And I want everyone to, I want to receive it that way myself, but I want those looking on to me to think that way as well. God is not on trial because bad things are happening in my life. But when you don't understand what's going on, you can presume the wrong intent about God. And, uh, and, uh, and she doesn't know, and Elijah doesn't know, and then, uh, of course, he prays, and the, the child comes back to life. Now, the child is delivered unto her. Okay, her second, again, I say her second, there was probably many more, but in our reading, her faith to faith, the second part, is now concluded again. She's gone through another faith testing. She had one before. She's gone through another. You say, and what came out of all that? Well, it's clear God was doing something in her life. The remarkable thing here, she's just, she, I say she's just, and I, I use that deliberately just to show that she doesn't have high social standing or prominence. She's just a widow. But just a widow doesn't escape the working of God in faith to faith. And brother, neither will you. So, oh, brother Shemish, I don't, I'm not up here. It doesn't matter. Faith to faith is not just about those who are up here. Faith to faith is for ladies who work in their home. It's for ladies who go out to work. It's for men. It's for young people. It's for business people. It's for people who don't have a job. Faith to faith is simply the journey of the normal Christian life. And faith to faith teaches us to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And what came out of all this is in verse number 24, and this is our concluding uh, verse. The woman said to Elijah, and notice this, first word, now. 
now. She's about to say, now, through this thing, I know something. But she says, now. Because it was only then, after, that she made sense of what happened before. Do you understand that? Many of you can understand it because you've been through this in a different way where you couldn't make sense of what you were going through at the time, you couldn't answer the questions, but the benefit of hindsight as you look back, you can say, now I understand what that was in my life. And she says, now, I get it now. And then she says, now, and she makes this statement, by this. And we may understand this to be now because of this process that took place, by this thing, by what happened here, This thing happened in my life. Now, because of this, and she says, I know. And when I read that, she said, I know, talking to him, thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. You know, when I look at that, I think, the fact that she says, now I know, probably meant even before it wasn't quite that way. And you say, but Brother Shemish, she went through that first test of faith and and he was the one who told her the word of God and she saw what he said came true. I, I know, but she probably wasn't fully at a place of certainty about him and the word of God. And that's okay. I think we can all be that way. But she went through something that brought in her life a very certain sense of God and his working and his man and his word but she had to go through something to get to that place. And that's how it works. And Elijah, the man of God, he went through something then as well. And he I don't know fully what he learned, but he certainly saw that God was faithful in all that happened. You know, you just need to trust God even when you don't know what's going on. And you just need to trust God even when you have, like, hurt. If you, if you ask me, Brother Shemish, the Thais say this, Kun Ben Yangnai Kap. It means, what, what, what person are you? It, it encompasses the thought of what do you feel or what's happening in your life at this moment. Kun Ben Yangnai Kap. If you said to me, Brother Shemish, Kun Ben Yangnai Kap. I would say, well, you know, we've just had some stuff happening and I have just felt a lingering sadness and a bit of hurt in my heart that I haven't quite felt and it's just stayed with me for a number of months and it's just there. And I wake up and it's still there that was there the day before. And I lay down at night and I find myself thinking and I feel the hurt and I feel the sadness. You say, what's all happened? Well, it's another story. It's too long to say now. But I'm saying to you, when you have your hurt and you can't answer what's happening or why is this happening, and you might think, well, I've already been through this before, but God's bringing you through something again. You just have to trust God. And you have to do this. Please do not misunderstand the intent of God. Don't be like her. You're judging my sin. You're trying to hurt me. It wasn't about her sin. It was about increased faith so she could get more. 
and you can make presumptions about the intent of God that really are not right. You know, God, you've heard this a million times, but God does love you. And you can trust him even through your lack of understanding. And it's hard, you know, it's hard. It really is hard. Sometimes I think, and, you know, I'm just being honest, sometimes, some days I think dying would be easier than living. That's what I think. Some days I think, Lord, I'm really okay with just today being my last day. Because sometimes living through some things is just hard. It's just hard. But you just need to trust God. And you need to be like Job, not like his wife, when you go through that. You know, Job said, after she said that, Job just said, he said, you know, you speak as a foolish woman. Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil? He means like bad things. And the Bible said, and all this did not Job sin with his lips. Later he would say this, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And that's what we have to say, even when we don't understand. Though he allow this to hurt me, yet will I trust him. This is part of your increase. Faith to faith, faith to faith. It's the journey of God. All right, Romans, uh, well, let's do the one Kings reading. Chapter 17, verses 16 to 18. And then uh, if you have Romans chapter 1, we'll look at just one verse from there. 1 Kings chapter number 17. Verse 16. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Now, I'm assuming you have some familiarity here. I realize perhaps not everybody will, but most of you will. You know what happened leading up to this point. Uh, and then I want you to see the thing that happened after this. It says, and it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, what have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, uh, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house, and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And verse 24 is important because it helps to make sense of what went before. And the woman said to Elijah, Now... By this, I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. Now, keep that passage, but just find Romans 1. We're going to go back to the 1 Kings. One verse from Romans chapter 1 and uh, verse number 17. It says, 
Romans 1 verse 17. Keep the 1 Kings passage. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, I want you just to think about that verse from faith to faith. Notice here that the thought is not that we visit faith, uh, but that we go from faith to faith. Uh, and I want you to see that played out in this woman's life. All right, let's go back to the 1 Kings passage. Prior to the reading tonight, we had this woman who was already tested in her faith. Uh, in fact, if you, if you had read the story, and really you, you, you could stop at verse number 16, you read the story how that uh, Elijah had come and uh, he'd been told to go to her. And remember that there's a famine in the land, there's no food for anybody. Uh, he meets her in the way. She says she just has a little bit of meal and uh, a little bit of oil. And she's just going to go and cook that little bit of food up for her and her son and then just die. Because that's it. She's at her end. And remember then that uh, Elijah uh, speaks to her and he says, no doubt, what God had told him to say. And he says, you know, go and do the thing you said, verse 13, but you have to make me a cake first. You Bring to me first. And then after that, for you and your son, and then he gives her a promise in verse number 14, that God has said that her, uh, her cruise of oil and her barrel of meal will not fail. It will continue until God sends rain on the earth. So she was facing a uh, substantial test of faith in that first part. She had to make a decision whether she believed God and, and she surrenders the last portion, you might say her all, Not only her all, but her son's all. So she surrenders the last little portion of food and she's being tested as to whether she believes the word of God. And the test is, are you going to keep the food for yourself and your son? And and, and if you're a parent, any time you factor your children into anything, you have a whole new dimension of uh, decision making. Yeah, a lot of us would be willing to do things ourselves or face certain things ourselves, but we think, please, not my children. You know, uh, I, I would be willing to suffer in this, but please, not my children. Or uh, it's one thing for me to go through this, but please, not my child. And uh, so now she's tested here in the, in the uh, earlier verses as to what she's going to do. Is she going to believe God? Is she going to take the step of faith and say, okay, I believe that the word of God is true? She hasn't seen it at this point. She just has to trust that what God said is true and that after she has surrendered her all in all, she'll then find out uh, whether, in fact, what God said is going to come true or not. That's her decision. And we know that she does, in fact, do what the Lord said and she finds out that God is true to his word and God is always true to his word. It is impossible for God to lie. If God says it in the Bible, you can hang your life on it. And uh, she believes God, and in fact, just like the prophet said, uh, she is sustained miraculously, and she's able to eat, and her child is able to eat, and apparently a few others were able to eat as well by the, by the uh, rendering of the text. And you would think that it could just end there. You, you, could just, you could just draw a line under that and say, here was a courageous woman of faith who made a decision of faith, found God to be true, 
and uh, she's a great example for us. But yet the Romans chapter 1 reading reminds us that the Christian life is not a visitation of faith, but the Christian life is a journey where we in fact have to go from faith to faith. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of would like to go from faith to finish, not from faith to faith. You know, I often think now that I find myself in Thailand and uh, and once again my faith is being tested and once again I'm having to, to visit areas and, and get pressed what seems to be above strength and above measure and once again I find myself in weakness depending on the Lord and I'm reminded, Lord, I've been through this before. I remember the early days when I pastored Good Shepherd Baptist Church and, and there was less than 30 people there and the church was six months behind in its mortgage payments and, uh, and they said to me, can you come and be our pastor? Or we can give you $300 a week, but we can't guarantee it any more than six months and we can only do that because one church member said that he'd do it. And, uh, and that was the conditions I came on. And I knew that 300 was not enough to pay our rent and to, and to feed us. But I just had a certainty that God had told me to go there. And I wasn't sure what the answer for the mortgage problems was and anything else. And, 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 but I just went on faith and things were tested and I trusted God. And there were times I felt pressed above measure and there were times I felt weak. But God came through again and again and again and God blessed and God was true to his word. And and I got through that. And I thought that was done. I thought, well, I've learned some things. You know, I I, I did my apprenticeship of faith and I've been through what you have to go through. And I've learned and I found God to be faithful and I've trusted God and we got through that. And now I find again that I'm back in a situation where it's almost like uh, we're back to where we were, but just in a different place. And it's a journey of faith to faith. And you kind of think this little lady's been through enough. She, she, she already is widowed. She's already through a time of famine. She doesn't have welfare or, or, or social security to fall back on. It's just her. It's just her child. She can't even lean on somebody else's prosperity because they're going through famine as well. And she, she has to get through that by faith. And you kind of think what a remarkable lady. She trusted God. She put God first. And it ought to be done, but it wasn't done. God wasn't done with her. It wasn't from faith to finish with her. It was going to be from faith to faith. And the next thing that happens here is that she gets tested again in that her child becomes grievously unwell and uh, she gets, uh, you know, no doubt distressed about that, is nursing the child and he dies. And here it is again. Now, she doesn't know why this has happened. And the whole nature of being tested by faith is you you step into a realm of unknowns. Now, if you ask me about my journey of faith at Good Shepherd Baptist Church, I can tell you the beginning, the middle part, what we went through, the glorious end of how God came through. I can tell you all that because it's over. It's done. I can look back in hindsight and see, uh, oh, okay, this thing happened. I remember 
you know, we didn't know what was happening. We didn't know how we'd get through. We wondered what, what answer would come. But this thing happened and God blessed. And I can tell you the whole story. But when you go through this journey of faith, you find yourself in a place of unknowns. And you, you don't know why your child has died. You don't know what's happening. And you can think all kinds of things. And the, the problem very often is that when we don't know what is happening, when you go through this, is that you can presume the worst. Or you can mistake the intent of God. You can think that God is out to get you. Or you can think that God is... Uh, it must be judging some sin in your life. You know, this was the conclusion that Job's wife quickly jumped to. She, she saw the, the destruction, the loss of family and finances, and uh, she turned to her husband and, and, and just says, you know, why don't you just curse God and die? And, and uh, implied in that statement is that God has abandoned us or God is judging us or the hand of God is heavy against us. You can't win, you're just better off dead. And you can presume bad things. She didn't presume that God was, a, that Job was a choice servant of God. And he was being tested in a unique way because of his godliness. And that he would triumph and he would come through this even, even better and with more than that he started with. But when you go through it, you get into a whole lot of unknowns and you can presume the worst and and people looking on seeing it can presume the worst. One of the awful things we do is we judge each other. We see somebody going through something and we can very quickly make a presumption that what they're going through is because probably of some sin in their life or something they did wrong. Remember that uh, that was what happened in John chapter 9. You recall the story where Jesus passes by and sees a man blind from his birth. And you remember what the disciples asked him? They said, they said, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And they make an immediate presumption that, you know, if he has a bad thing happening to him, it must be because of some sin that he's done, because this is, this is the hand of God against him. So it has to be a sin that he did, or perchance it was not his sin, that it had to be a sin that his parents did, because look, the hand of God is against him. He was born blind. And that's a fairly normal way that people look at things, regrettably. But Jesus had to go on and answer and say, neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest. This man is going through what he went through. This man was born blind, not because God is against him, but because God is going to do a special work in his life. And God did do a special work in his life. Now, again, if they had seen the end, they wouldn't have asked what they did in the beginning. If they, if they could see the whole story, like we can see, stand back and see a man born blind, a, a divine appointment with the Savior, 
uh, a miraculous healing, a tremendous testimony for God. The glory of Jesus is manifested again. When you can see the whole picture, you're not in the realm of the unknown. But the problem is, in the journey of faith to faith, you are in the realm of the unknown when you're going through it. There's questions you have, and you don't have answers. And you don't know what's happening. Now, I want to just say this. Before you make the incorrect assumption that this only happens to special people, let me remind you, she was just a widow. Because sometimes we think this concept of journey of faith to faith is something that happens to pastors or missionaries. It's, it's you know, this unique suffering that can come upon them without explanation is usually something reserved for the elite of God. But clearly, the scripture points out that that is not the case. Because this woman was just an insignificant widow. And she was chosen by God to undergo not not a single uh, testing of faith, but a journey of faith to faith. So if she was chosen for that, why not you? Why, why could it not be you? This is not, this is, and by the way, not only was the widow tested in the journey of faith to faith, but the prophet was tested as well. They both, they were both in a situation of, I don't know what's happening. And I, I wish we'd get a little, just a little bit more comfortable with, I don't know what's happening. You know, people don't like following leaders who say, I don't know what's happening. They'd rather follow a leader who's a liar and makes up something than they would somebody who says, I don't know what's happening. But the truth of it is, there are times when you don't know what's happening. And if you think you know what's happening, you don't know what's happening because God hasn't told you. So how can you answer the question when God hasn't given the answer? And I know we're not comfortable with that. We always want everybody to know everything. You know, we want, we want the missionary to be able to lay out an infallible plan for the next 40 years of his life before we have confidence God truly called him there. And if he says, well, I know this, but I don't know about this, oh, you know, we question that. And I think we just need to accept that in the journey of faith to faith, there's unknowns. You might be going through something now you can't explain. You might be going through something now that, that, that nobody has the answer. You know, you, you might go to the pastor with what you're going through now and he just might have to say, look, I, I, I just don't know. And he may answer truthfully and correctly. Now, when you go through that thing and that sort of thing starts happening to you, and you go through that faith-to-faith thing, and you don't know what's going on. I want you to see what she does here, if if you're still in the the one Kings passage, is she makes an assumption about the intent of God. And you can see that in verse number 18. You know, I mean, now we're going to give her some grace here, because she's just lost a child. And uh, she's upset. She doesn't know why this has happened. And it's, it's perplexing. 
You say, well, you know, probably other people back then lost a child too. Well, you're probably right. But not everybody had a prophet come to them who makes remarkable statements about God and then you find yourself living in a house where your oil jar never empties and, you, and, and, and your, your, your flower just keeps appearing. She's got a little bit unusual circumstances. She's, she, she's seemingly had the favor of God. She has the man of God living with her. And, and now suddenly... For a reason she can't explain, her child is dead. Now, the reason is that God is taking her from faith, faith one, or maybe not even faith one, maybe there was more faiths before the one we read about. But the first one we speak of, where she was tested to hand over her food to the prophet first, that was a journey, that was a time of faith, where she was tested to believe in the word of God. And you're going to be tested to believe in the word of God too. The word of God works its most blessings on those who believe it and then act as if what it said is true. Versus those who sit back and say, show me and then I'll do it. There's a difference between believing God and making a decision that will have consequences on your life one way or the other, but making a decision based on your faith that you believe God, there's a difference in that than just kind of the people who who won't make any decision or take any risk, and faith involves risk. If you never take any risk, you don't receive the blessing. But she took a risk. She, she, she acted courageously and with remarkable faith. But now God is not going to leave her alone. She's just a widow, but he's not going to leave her alone. He's going to take her now through a second journey of faith. Faith to faith, not faith to finish. And so when this happens to her, she doesn't know what's happening. And she says this in verse number 18. She says to Elijah, she somewhat blames him. And uh, she's a lady, she's distressed, she's emotional, she verbalizes out loud her thoughts. What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? And notice, notice the assumption of intent. Notice what she thinks that God has done. Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and slay my son? Did you, did you just come here from God to judge my sin and kill my son? Is that what this was all about? God, did you just send him here to judge my sin and kill my son? Now, I believe this lady was a godly lady. But everybody does have sin. Here's the curious thing. Good people worry about their sin. Bad people could care less. People who are closest to God are most acutely aware of their sin. But the further you are from God, you don't really think you have that much sin, if any, perhaps a little. (laughs) 
But the closer you to God, the more you understand all that sin encompasses. And you understand that today, if I did not love the Lord my God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind, I sinned. And you start to understand some things about sin that you become conscious of. And she says, is this about my sin? Is this God judging my sin? Is this why this happened to me? Now, that was not why it was happening to her. But when you get tested and you don't know what is happening to you, I mean, you know what has happened, but you don't know why is this happening to me. You can think, is this my sin? Let, let me just confess my vulnerabilities. I've had my moments where I find myself sitting in the darkness of Thailand, looking around at all that's going on, and some days it's not so good. And I've said to myself, how did I get here? Is this my sin? Did I leave my ministry when I was supposed to stay? Am I the one that left his place? Is this my sin? Is my wife going through all these health problems? Is this my sin? Are we having this stuff happen to our house? Is this my sin? And you might say, well, I I never think that. Well, you're probably just not aware of the level of sin you still have. You know, to be honest. If you don't think you have any, that's one there. And I've said, is this my sin? And she says, she says to Elijah, is this about my sin? That you just came here to judge my sin and to kill my son. And I know when you go through things, you can question God that way. Is this, is this because of this? And let me say this, you are misunderstanding the intent of God. God has no joy or delight in hurting his children. None. I have no joy or delight in hurting my children. I love my children. I'm very protective of them. And you are of yours. And you don't enjoy seeing your kids get hurt. And God is a superior father to any of us. And we're his children. And it is not the intent of God to hurt somebody for the sake of hurt. Or may I say this? That would be better worded this way. It is not the intent of God when he allows things to come that hurt us to allow that just to hurt us. He's not that way. He wasn't stalking this widow, watching her sin to send the man of God to kill her son. But you can feel that kind of way sometimes when things just start going wrong. And when you don't have answers to the questions of what is happening in your life. 
Because when you're in the process of faith to faith, you don't have the answers to those questions. You know, in Lamentations verse 3, it says this, in chapter 3, for he doth not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. He doth not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. And she starts to say, is this, is this because of my sin? Now, the man of God, none less than Elijah himself, is not able to answer. Do you know why? Because he doesn't know what's happening either. The only difference between the man of God and the widow, both of them are going through a journey of faith to faith. The only difference between him and her is that she verbalizes her questioning of God's intent out loud. He goes to the room and then says the same thing. And that's very much what a preacher does. It's not that the preacher doesn't question what's happening sometimes. He just doesn't do it in front of everybody. But when he gets alone, he does do it. And, uh, and this is what happens. So she says it out loud in verse number 18. You know, have you come to bring my sin to remembrance, to bring it all up and slay my son? And then in verse 20, he goes up to his bedroom and he cries unto the Lord, Oh, Lord, my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the... Uh, the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son. Oh God, are you are you bringing evil on this woman and killing her? What, what is what's happening? Because they don't know. I'm just going to tell you something about God. You just you just have to accept it because it's true. He simply does not explain himself all the time. And let me say, God is under no obligation to explain. God is good every time. God is holy. God is righteous. God cannot sin. You know, I I often pray, Lord, I pray this prayer a lot. And and I'm going to give you a window into my private life here. But I pray this prayer, Lord, please do not hand me over to the hands of men. Because they're not like you. And Lord, they will hurt me to hurt me. But Lord, anything you do to me will be okay. Because Lord, you're good. And I will receive from your hand anything you do to me. And that's the prayer I pray privately a lot. And I believe that. Now, you say, what if something bad happened to you? Something bad does, some bad things do happen to me. But if something very bad happened to me, I'll hurt, I'll weep, I won't have answers to all the questions, but as best I know myself, as transparent as I can be about my own heart, I will say, God is still good. And everything he does is good. And I don't understand, but he owes me no explanation. Whatever God does to me is good and right and just and perfect. And I want everyone to, I want to receive it that way myself, but I want those looking on to me to think that way as well. God is not on trial because bad things are happening in my life. But when you don't understand what's going on, you can presume the wrong intent about God. And, uh, and, uh, and she doesn't know, and he, uh, Elijah doesn't know, and then, uh, of course, he prays, 
and the, the child comes back to life. Now, the child is delivered unto her. Okay, her second, again, I say her second, there was probably many more, but in our reading, her faith to faith, the second part, is now concluded again. She's gone through another faith testing. She had one before. She's gone through another. You say, and what came out of all that? Well, it's clear God was doing something in her life. The remarkable thing here, she's just, I say she's just, and I, I use that deliberately just to show that she doesn't have high social standing or prominence. She's just a widow. But just a widow doesn't escape the working of God in faith to faith. And brother, neither will you. So, oh, brother Shemish, I don't, I'm not up here. It doesn't matter. Faith to faith is not just about those who are up here. Faith to faith is for ladies who work in their home. It's for ladies who go out to work. It's for men. It's for young people. It's for business people. It's for people who don't have a job. Faith to faith is simply the journey of the normal Christian life. And faith to faith teaches us to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And what came out of all this is in verse number 24, and this is our concluding uh, verse. The woman said to Elijah, and notice this, first word, now. Now. She's about to say, now, through this thing, I know something. But she says, now. Because it was only then, after, that she made sense of what happened before. You understand that? Many of you can understand it because you've been through this in a different way, where you couldn't make sense of what you were going through at the time. You couldn't answer the questions. But the benefit of hindsight, as you look back, you can say, now I understand what that was in my life. And she says, now, I get it now. And then she says, now, and she makes this statement, by this. And we may understand this to be now because of this process that took place, by this thing, by what happened here, this thing happened in my life. Now, because of this, and she says, I know. And when I read that, she said, I know, talking to him, thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. You know, when I look at that, I think, The fact that she says, now I know, probably meant even before it wasn't quite that way. And you say, but Brother Shemish, she went through that first test of faith and, and he was the one who told her the word of God and she saw what he said came true. I, I know, but she probably wasn't fully at a place of certainty about him and the word of God. And that's okay. I think we can all be that way. But she went through something that brought in her life a very certain sense of God and his working and his man and his word. But she had to go through something to get to that place. And that's how it works. And Elijah, the man of God, he went through something then as well. And he, I don't know fully what he learned, but he certainly saw that God was faithful in all that happened. You know... You just need to trust God 
even when you don't know what's going on. And you just need to trust God even when you have, like, hurt. If you, if you ask me, Brother Shemish, the Thais say this, Kun Ben Yang Nai Kap. It means, what, what, what person are you? It, it encompasses the thought of what do you feel or what's happening in your life at this moment. Kun Ben Yang Nai Kap. If you said to me, Brother Shemish, Kun Ben Yang Nai Kap. I would say, well, you know, we've just had some stuff happening and I have just felt a lingering sadness and a bit of hurt in my heart that I haven't quite felt and it's just stayed with me for a number of months and it's just there. And I wake up and it's still there that was there the day before. And I lay down at night and I find myself thinking and I feel the hurt and I feel the sadness. You say, what's all happened? Well, it's another story. It's too long to say now. But I'm saying to you, when you have your hurt and you can't answer what's happening or why is this happening, and you might think, well, I've already been through this before, but God's bringing you through something again. You just have to trust God. And you have to do this. Please do not misunderstand the intent of God. Don't be like her. You're judging my sin. You're trying to hurt me. It wasn't about her sin. It was about increased faith so she could get more. And you can make presumptions about the intent of God that really are not right. You know, God, you've heard this a million times, but God does love you. And you can trust him even through your lack of understanding. And it's hard. You know, it's hard. It really is hard. Sometimes I think, and, you know, I'm just being honest, sometimes some days I think dying would be easier than living. That's what I think. Some days I think, Lord, I'm really okay with just today being my last day. Because sometimes living through some things is just hard. It's just hard. But you just need to trust God. And you need to be like Job, not like his wife. When you go through that. You know, Job said, after she said that, Job just said, he said, you know, you speak as a foolish woman. Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? He means like bad things. And the Bible said, and all this did not Job sin with his lips. Later he would say this, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And that's what we have to say, even when we don't understand. Though he allow this to hurt me, yet will I trust him. This is part of your increase. Faith to faith. Faith to faith. It's the journey of God.